We're going to start it all over again. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. Dates and everything, too, right? Yep. Okay. Uh, okay. You're listening <laughs> to The Dollop on the All Things Comedy Network. This is an American history podcast. Where each week, I, Dave Anthony, read a story from American history to this guy. And Gareth Reynolds, who has no idea what the topic is going to be about. And by the way, this guy, just <clears> say, <throat> I mean, that would... Oh, oh the anger. We would have had to use the... We would have had to use the... Yeah. From the camera. Yeah. My, not, it's not, I'm not normally the uh, technical savant on the show. I forgot to hit record, so... Uh, that's fine. Um, so, uh, uh, David, I'll be doing some stand-up in uh, California. Yay. June 8th, I'll be at Oxnard at Levity Live. June 9th, I'll be at the Irvine Improv. That's Thursday. June 12th, I'll be in San Diego at uh, Soda Bar. June 15th, I'll be at the Blue Note in Napa Valley. Uh, We are also going to be in the Midwest on Thursday, June 2nd. We'll be in Madison. On Friday, June 3rd, we'll be in Milwaukee. On Saturday, June 4th, we'll be in Chicago. On Sunday, June 5th, we'll be in St. Paul. June 17th, Seattle. June 18th, Portland. But I, like I said the first time, I'm not sure if there's tickets available, but you can check. Uh, and then also June 23rd, I, at 8 p.m., will be back at Flappers. 8 p.m., Burbank, California, June 23rd, Flappy time. And then we can announce our new fall tour, which goes on sale this week, uh, Patreon on Tuesday. And then everybody else on Friday, October 19th, Columbus, Ohio, October 20th, Pittsburgh, October 21st, Cleveland, October 27th, Grand Rapids, October 28th, Royal Oak, November 3rd, Nashville, November 4th, Louisville, November 5th, St. Louis, November 6th, Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. And we are brought to you in part by Peloton. Look, it's very hard to work out. It's It's hard to get motivated. It's hard to get going. It's hard to find the time. Workout classes fill up quick. But not with me, though, kid. And I'm going to call you kid for the rest of this. I have been working out. I've been doing the boxing. I've been doing some HIIT. That's the high-intensity interval training. I've been doing that with Chase. Chase Tucker. That's my man. A lot of moments going on there. So I get great workouts with Peloton. Super easy. Everything's right there. I can I can do the boxing and the HIIT workouts in a hotel room or wherever I am. It's all coming together. It's just there's magic going on. So you can fit it just seamlessly into your life. You can do an upper body stretch for 10 minutes. You can do a 40-minute run before bed. You can jump on the bike, do the boxing. You don't have to have a weird encounter with a guy in the gym. Who wants that? I hate that guy, Frank. You hairy weirdo. So yeah, Peloton, convenient, uh, easy to get to. You get a good workout. So right now is the perfect time to try Peloton. The Peloton Bike Plus is now $500 or less. It is the best price yet, including free delivery and setup. And there are more game-changing prices available on the original Peloton bike and Peloton tread. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. And we want to thank Edmonds for sponsoring the dollop. Look, there's a lot of changes, obviously, with cars in the automotive industry. There's always things going on you got to keep up with. There's always a new fangle dangle on there, you know, the new mud flap snap that's electric. You got to get the electric mud flap. Like, all that's, you just don't know what it is. And you go in there and they tell you got to have it. And you're like, I don't know what's going on. And it's harder to keep up with all the technology happening. And then you got you got to think about the environment, the gas prices, the electric cars. Edmonds keeps up with all the stuff for you so you know what it is, you know what you're getting into. They go deep into all the technology, all the stuff you need to know. They're experts. That's what, that's what they're there for. 
One great tool they have is they have a car appraisal tool. You know, you're, you're thinking about upgrading and you got to trade in. How much is it worth? What what can I get for it? And then, hey, what, how can I trade up with that? Like, it's all it's all confusing, but Edmunds is there to straighten it out for you. Make it very simple with a streamlined process. They got the online appraisal. They don't ask for personal information. You can get an instant, no obligation offer. It's good for seven days. And look, if you Google how much your car's worth, it's going to take you straight to Edmunds anyway, so just cut out the middleman. But they make it super easy. Edmunds makes it crazy easy to get a car. We are probably, right now, we're looking at a van, so I've been on Edmunds a little bit because I think we're going to tour just in a van now. And the only place I'm going to go is Edmunds. That's all I've done for the past, like, three or four cars I've gotten. And they got great in-depth reviews. And if you're considering making a change on the road, Edmunds is here to help. Visit edmunds.com slash appraisal to get your free online appraisal today. That's E-D-M-U-N-D-S dot com slash appraisal. Edmunds, they drive it like it is. And on we go to the, to the show. Okay. I've already heard a part of it. We already, because I someone forgot to hit record, yep. and that someone is Gareth. Yep. Somehow, always seems to be my mess up. It's weird. It's strange how much I muck it up. I know. <laughs> January 16th, 1896. Damn it. I was doing the one I guessed the last time, 1896. Yeah. Okay. You have our Lord Jesus Christ. What a guy. The best guy. A great guy. Born in 1896 was uh, John Broderick. He was born on 25th Street in the Gas House District of Manhattan. This is where I say, Dave, what is that? And you go, oh, they had a bunch of gas tanks. I go, why is there a bunch of gas tanks? You got me heating and stuff like that. That's correct. Uh, sometimes they would leak. Uh, there was also the Gas House gang that lived there. They were big on armed robbery and extortion. They ran brothels. So it's a, not a great area. Right. To grow up in. There's a cop, famous cop there, Alexander Williams. Right. Um, he was known for brutal force and just beating beatdowns. Right. You've heard all this. Unlike the police today, right. His nickname was Clubber. Clubber. Which, again... Clubber! Yeah. How you doing, Clubber? Just but beating is, guys it up. Is, it is nice that, uh, you know, you were labeled as violent back then. Yeah. As opposed to now, when they're like... He's he's a good guy. Yeah, no, it's totally the opposite. Back then, they would they would label you violent, and everyone would be like, "I love this cop. He's this is violent. Shooty McDonald." Yeah, and the, the people would be like, "Good, he keeps us safe. He shoots everybody." Right. Um, that now it's like, no, Frank didn't mean to kill four four or five people over six years. He yelled, "Stop resisting!" Before he shot the senior citizen. That's right. Uh, Clubber Clubber uh, Williams are getting fights every day, and this is where Johnny's raised, right? So this is he's coming up in it. So I'm already thinking we're either going, he is a man of crime or a man of law. Ooh. And I... What if he's a gas man? Well, listen, we've all been there. Uh, Gareth. I'm having fun. <laughs> I'm enjoying myself, you old... <laughs> his parents man. were Margaret and Michael. Uh, so when Johnny was 12, his uh, dad dies. And uh, Johnny's going to religious school. He has to quit. And start driving a truck that right. delivered bricks for the family to help the family. He's now the man of the family. Right. Yeah. This is a 12-year-old dr- truck driver. I feel like if you were to be like in a script, like, he drove a brick truck. They'd be like, Can you come up with something a yeah, little something less on that's the nose. Not... All right, guys, you need more bricks? <laughs> like everyone did. There's so much building going on. So that people are like, we need more bricks. We can't get them fast enough. Here he goes, a bunch of bricks. Thanks, Johnny. Uh, well, after that, he started driving a coal truck. 
I mean, these are really just like... This is the basics. This is just like, you know, you're just kind of dissolving to the next shot. <laughs> then he moved to coal. Coal. Uh, when World War I broke out, he joined the Navy, and while he was in the service, he fought his only known boxing match, uh, which mm. he got knocked out in the first round. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, I didn't think he would win. Really? First round. First round. It's tough. Yeah. That's really, that's a sign. That's not good. So after the war, Johnny used his connections that he had made driving the coal trucks to get a job with the Teamsters. Okay. Yeah. Okay. The guy who owned the coal truck company is connected. Okay. Um, so it didn't take Lonnie, uh, Lonnie, it Lonnie. didn't take long for Johnny to be- come to the attention of AFL leader Samuel Gompers. We've talked about Gompers. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, Gompers is uh, a union leader, right. uh, but also, uh, yeah, uh, underbiting. He's not good. Uh, I think he said underbiting, which would make sense, because Gompers does sound like a weird mouth It does thing. sound like a... I got the Gompers. Uh, he would undermine the socialists and shit like that. Like right, he okay. would fuck. He, yeah, not... Whatever. We don't like him. Nope. Uh, he had gained uh, the reputation as a shit kicker, so now Johnny is known as a shit kicker. He was like a, a tough guy for the team. He's a clubber. He's a clubber. Right, okay. So Gompers hires Johnny as his personal bodyguard. Okay. So if John, that, But this guy got knocked out in the first round yeah, of his boxing match. Yeah. And so let's get him on ring, Dave. Hello. And so, and, and, but he still is now thought of as good enough to be the head of security. I'm going to have to turn that off because Finn's baseball scores are about to start coming in. <laughs> yeah. I think uh, you don't need to tell us. Turn it off. But you know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. It's it's just the whole big. It's weird how he okay. gets there. But he. he at so some I see point, on your resume you've boxed. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> really? How was that? I loved it, but I stopped. Uh, you know, could I? Uh, yeah, just uh, the other guys were just so uh, gassed. I, w- I would say that street fighting and boxing are very different, and he's a very good street fighter, but okay. not a very good boxing fighter. Sure. Okay. I'm mainly the groin worker. <laughs> I really work the groin. So, I gouge, I pull, I stab. So there's, there's, uh, there's 10 rounds. Now, can I bite testicles? You can't stab as well with a big round glove on. So Johnny's only 5'10 and 100. Can they disqualify me because I ripped the guy's nuts off with my mouth? What the hell's going on here? It's fighting. So he's 5'10 and 170 pounds. So he's just. What, back then? Is that a giant? Yeah, I got back then. Back then he's. It's kind of me ish. No, back then I think it's big. That is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back then I was like a giant man. Yo, you were huge. I was like a. Yeah. Yeah. Well, why don't you quit looking at me like that, you little pipsqueak? What the fuck is going on right now? Beat your ass. I'm a giant in 1891. Yeah, but not now. Shut up. Okay, I don't think you know how anything works. I'm really, you I got half a mind to Yoda. <laughs> but uh, he gets tired of the job, the uh, bodyguard job, and applies to be a New York City fireman. Okay. Which he does for about eight months, and then he said he found it, quote, boring, and he quit. Wow. And applied to be a cop. Oh, here we go. I called it. Yep. So... <clears throat> How old are we? What are we we're probably like he's, 20-ish, uh, 20-ish? he's 23. Okay. So he joins the force in January of 1923. And the very first thing he did on his first shift was rescue two kids by breaking into a burning tenement building. Well, but that's the fireman job. <laughs> he was like, finally, I can handle some fires. They were like, you were just doing No, it. Jesus. <laughs> 
In just three months, he was promoted from beat cop to detective third grade. This is unheard detective of. Detective third grade? There's, there's. He's going to sit in class today. <laughs> there's the way detectives work. There's detective first grade, detective second okay. grade, and detective third grade is the lowest. Well, those are very cute It's names. dumb. Yeah. I'm almost a fourth <clears throat> grade. Just call him a C. You're a C. They are, yeah. Top. Um, so super unheard of to move that fast. Months later, in May 1925, he's promoted again to detective second grade. Someone, someone took the peppermints. <laughs> Whatever people said about how he got there, it doesn't matter. Now he's there, and he enjoyed and was quickly known for using his fists. Okay, so he's a clubber. He's a clubber. Okay. He's a beater. All right. And the media liked writing about him beating people up. You know, it's it's very. I won't go too far down this, but it is very much like uh, you know the connection to cops and our problems today, where propaganda. Yeah, where you, yeah you see the you enjoy the entertainment of policing. You write sort of your fan based uh, articles or your yeah. your documentary about it, and that makes people be like, yeah, they're here to you know because yeah. it's sort of like blurs the line between actual public service and just kind of totally infringing on people's rights for entertainment's right. sake. Um, it, so, yeah, so the media, like, media likes writing about him, and Johnny uh, doesn't like to use a gun or baton. He likes to use his fists. I would be more okay with that. We should get back to that a little bit. The more. fisting? Well, uh, don't call it that, by Yeah, the way. you fist a guy. No, no, no. No, no, we're not going to... Yeah, put your, fi- you put your no. fist in it, and you... You sock him. This is fisting Broderick. <laughs> How are you, boys? <laughs> oh, you're not going to like what's about to happen. Get the hell away from yeah, me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it would take seconds for him to beat a man senseless, and getting Broderick became a verb. Wow. M- meaning being taken out by one punch. Wow. It's weird you didn't have a good boxing career. I know, right? And I mean, I, it's still very I too, violent, so I'm not pro it. But, but I just think it was too, uh, too many rules, too many you know, restrictions. Right, yeah. Or he just got, got lucky. The guy hit him lucky and knocked sure. him out. Um, saloons of criminals would empty out when they heard Johnny was coming. Wow. Jack Dempsey, famous boxer, said he wouldn't fight Johnny for a million dollars. Quote, he's the only man I wouldn't want to meet in a fight outside the ring and its rules. Well, yeah, okay. That's, that's fair, though. Yeah. He's, so he's dirty. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Very, yeah. Uh, Johnny and another cop were hired to be Dempsey's personal bodyguards for two weeks leading up to his championship bout with Gene Tooney. Okay. Dempsey lost in 10 rounds. And after another cop, the police chief of Atlantic City, who had also been hired by Dempsey's camp, claimed Dempsey had been drugged by someone doping the cream he put in his coffee. Wow, they doped the cream. Well, that's what he said. And Johnny called the claim, quote, ridiculous bunk. Okay, so it was maybe just standard cream. And then the police chief claimed that he had also been doped. I also used the cream. No, I got tired after I had the coffee, so what's that? I only made it to the 10th round, too. <laughs> Johnny, quote, never did he hint that anything was wrong with the eats. Sure. Feels like maybe their time has given us a bit of a language barrier. Well, maybe we should bring back the eats. What, and the eats are the creams? Food. Food. Oh. The eats. He also, okay, so there's two issues I'm going to take here. <laughs> One is that... Uh, he's talking about the eats. I'm flagging a little bit for the food. And Why the are you other flagging? Is that he's calling cream food. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. 
Uh, it's just a little strange to be like, these are eats. <laughs> well, no, it's a liquid, Johnny. Yeah, you eat it. Well, no, it's put something you put in your coffee. Your coffee's also a food. Look at all these eats. No, that's just an area of tea and coffee. They're all eats. Anything you put in your mouth that goes in your stomach is an eats. Don't argue with them. You better not tell me that's not an eats. No, Johnny, it's not. It's I'm eats. I'm going to make... Johnny, it's eats. Don't punch me again. Uh, I'm your best friend. What? That's quite... <clears throat> you don't know. I never said that. Well, I want to be... We just hung out a couple times. Let's be best friends. I'm not looking for a best... I have a best friend. I started saying... It's Al downtown. I started saying the eats. Uh, that's endearing. Is cream a food? Yeah. I'll think about it. Uh, he also said the only poison Dempsey got was in the form of a tunny right hook a to tunny? the head. Tunny, 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 tunny. T-U-N-N-E-Y. I'd say tunny. Tunny, yeah. <clears throat> the press nationwide followed it back and forth. By the way, you don't have to, you don't have to tweet me and say this is how you... I'm tweeting at you right now. You, this is how you, this uh, you, you say it. I don't care. Uh... Dave, you're still at Dave Anthony? At Dave Anthony, yeah, go ahead. Um, organized labor uh, had been weakened after the uh, failed strikes in uh, 1919, and in response, businesses pushed for open shops to roll back union gains made during World War I. Right? right. So your classic... Right, right to work. It's your classic fucking, you know, bullshit. Bosses right. won anti-picketing injunctions, demanded police protect businesses and, and management and scabs, in New York, communists are pursuing, quote, boring from within. So radicalizing the unions from within. Boring? Boring from, like, you're, bo- you're yeah. Okay. Not a um, great name. Well, it's like, well, yeah. the different, the other, the other boring. Right. I'm learning a lot. Tooney, boring, creams of food. Um, so they're trying to radicalize these unions from within, and... January 1926, a huge union meeting of thousands of needle workers was held. So garment district, mostly women. Okay. Um, and the union, they authorized a strike. The owners said commies are trying to uh, bolshevize the fur industry. As, yeah, of course. It's the fucking commies. <laughs> we just want fucking pay. Yeah. They're trying to take over everything. It is really, it's again, I mean, it's the simplicity of names. Like, yeah. it just does such a number on us with... Because they're um, Americans are uneducated about it. I don't think that's fair. <laughs> uh, so they uh, the strike begins on February sixteenth, and it's a fucking big strike. It's the first communist-led strike in the U.S. Okay. Um, they wanted a forty-hour work week. No, By no, the way, no, I mean, no, it's, yeah. no. The, yeah. It's just the Red Scare. Remember the 40-hour work week? Yeah. No, yeah, it was like was fun. a great thing yeah. for a long time. Yeah. It really made sense. Yeah. And then it's like, got rid of it. And now if you want it back, it's like, relax with your commie stuff. It's like, but you're the one working these long hours. I mean. Look, I don't like working 80 hours a week, but I hate <laughs> fucking communists. <laughs> yeah. I love that there's all these loopholes for the 40-hour work week. So 25% wage increase, employer contribution to unemployment insurance, one paid holiday, and elimination of worker favoritism. So 10,000 march through the garment district. Right. And really just asking for like a fair job. Yeah, they just like, can like we not be fucked? We are looking for an existence outside of work. Fuck you, you commie. Communists. You commie filth. 
so the cops, with Johnny leading his plainclothes squad, charged the strikers at every march. The cops would attack and beat the strikers. And the strikers would women. fight back. Yeah, it's women, but there's men in yeah, but yeah, it's, okay, it's so the mainly women are striking. Right. Um, Johnny's doing a lot of striking of his own. That's right. Right. Well done. Thank you. You'll get an award at the end. You know, huh? you'll get an award at the end. I have awards. Well, <laughs> don't hate the news. Uh, shooting started three days later between strikers and scabs at a fur shop on West 29th Street. And on February 19th, Johnny and other cops attacked a strike picket line and arrested 200. In March 1926, Johnny was promoted to Detective First Grade. The, the name is, I mean, it sounds like an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like what he was in Kindergarten Cop. That was probably the alternate name to Kindergarten Cop. Detective, Detective First, First Grade. grade. Um, so it, it really took Cop years to get there, and he had done this all. Boom, right? But, I mean, mainly just because he is... Connected. Right. Uh, the New York Herald Tribune noted his rise was due to, quote, extraordinary luck or influence or both. <laughs> uh-huh. Probably both. Rumors were it was backroom deals with union connections. The chief inspector was a close friend with the owner of the coal truck he used to drive. Um, so I read an article about him being promoted. Eight other cops were promoted. Four were demoted. <laughs> oh, during this? No, in the, in the article that announces promotion. Uh-huh. Oh. Eight other cops were promoted. Four are demoted. So this is probably based around just view of the strike and stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah, right. Yeah. So they're just re- like, people are like, I mean, is it crazy they want to work 40 hours a week? Right. Hey, guess what? Sit behind the desk. Yeah, you're downstairs, kid. We're re-rookieing you. Um, and Johnny was just beating the shit out of people, so right. he gets no, he gets promoted. Right. Um, oh, and he's the only one who got his picture in the paper when they did all the... His picture's always in the paper. So By the way, for they, a plainclothes cop... I mean, they announce all, they announce all the promotions, and, the, and it's only his picture. Right. Yeah, because so it's Johnny. So he's famous cop. Yeah, he's famous cop. Right. Um, uh, Johnny's put in charge of uh, the roving anti-labor unit called the Industrial Squad. Mm. So it, it had been created in 1917. I don't know if you know what happened then, but uh, this thing in Russia. Mm. Uh, to suppress commies in the labor movement. It's amazing. So they saw, they saw what happened in Russia, and they created a police force in New York City to... Stop commies from taking over unions. It it just seems like freedom. I mean, it's it, it is just like broad. It's just sweeping power. You know, I mean mm-hmm. that that's just sort of like. I mean, that just seems like out of the bounds of the at the hand of the law. It's capitalism, sort of baby. Like, I know, but I mean, I get it. But it's like one would imagine on paper. <laughs> That it would not be part of the pitch. One would imagine that, that. it would be like, no, this is not what we call a crime. <laughs> this is uh, this is a dispute. Johnny had quote little patience with labor militants. During strikes, the job was just to inflict beatings. Jesus. A few days after the promotion, ten thousand workers were picketing. And Johnny beat them, the cops beat them with clubs, and then drove cars at high speed into the picketers. I mean, it really is just crazy. Like, I, I, I have learned that, you know, the, 
level of violence that is allowed to people who are protesting is far beyond what you think it would ever be. I oh, mean, yeah. just eventually, just let's just bring in the military and start shooting them. Like, if it goes on for too long. Yeah. So they're just like old man at the farmer's marketing them. Look, if you're, if you're the cops and you want to beat up protesters, you just go beat them up and say, they started hitting us. It's, that's it. Well, and then also it's like if you do kill protesters, you know, people are like, we got to protest. Oh, shit. You know, yeah. there's like not much to really yeah. do yeah. outside of like, all right. So now it's not just about labor rights. We're going to side protest the fact that they are driving vehicles at us. Yeah. Yeah. The cops don't seem happy about the side protest. And now they basically... All right, look. So now that they drove vehicles into the side protest about driving vehicles into us, we're having a side protest about the side protest that is off the original protest. How do you think they're going to handle it? They've got jets. Oh, my God. All right. Now we... Um. And now they've, in America, in a bunch of states, they've legalized driving into protests. So it's all good. Stop. Oh, yeah, a bunch of states. They've legalized driving into protests. Yeah, they've, uh, because the right wingers were driving into BLM protests and getting their cars yeah, hit. Yeah, right. So they said those people, uh, they're scared. Like what happened in Charlottesville, basically. They said those people are scared so they can run people over now. Like, it's, yeah, in a few states. It's not like you live in a right wing country. Um, it's good. Do you have a bucket for puke? (laughs) So Johnny Johnny and his squad are often leading the violent attacks. Strikers don't back down, though. And a commie strike leader asked all unions to join the fight, and tons did. So the unions are just coming together from the violence. Uh, Commieing together. Come, thank you. Um, That year, Johnny and his squad were accused of beating up Teamsters, attacking paper box makers and garment strikers. In July 1926, the industrial squad attacked a meeting of striking interborough rapid transit company workers, seriously injuring 20. Now, there's no reason. They're literally just having a meeting. It's just a bunch of guys talking about what they're going to do in the strike. They're planting seeds. The, the industrial squad breaks in. They use blackjacks, batons, and their boots. Witnesses said the beating of one man, this guy's name... Gigant, G-I-G-G-I-N-T, Gigant. <laughs> I mean, it's not, you're going to be laughing because it's a beating, but it, I mean, come on, what are you doing? That's not a, that's like a scientific measurement. So he was the most brutal attack a lot of. How much of, electricity is he used? Five gigants. <laughs> he was the most brutal, brutal attack ever seen. His face was unrecognizable when the cops were done. Ribs were broken and he had a concussion. Once unconscious, the industrial squad choked him and then carried his limbs. Stop resisting. Stop <laughs> resisting. Stop resisting. Stop resisting. He's dying. He's dead. Yeah, you, you killed Stop him. Stop resisting. Uh, they carried his limp body out to the patrol wagon, making sure they dropped him on the sidewalk so his skull hit the cement. Uh. And then they kicked him when he was on the ground, and then they arrested him for resisting arrest. No, it's the resist. They, so they Always. were even doing the resisting then. Always. Uh, it's just got to get, I mean, there's, there's, it's just little battles, but we have to stop allowing these stop resisting. It's never going to stop. Stop resisting. He's dead. You stop killed resisting. him. Stop resisting. He's resisting, He's resisting life. Resisting. He's resisting. Stop resisting death. Uh, so 
bystanders outside were then beaten because they saw this and probably said something like, "Why are you beating up a or just so, uh, unconscious quick, guy?" Beat the memory out of them. Just pedestrians it's before the Men in Black stick. It's just like <laughs> that's what we'll do. Pedestrians just passing by. Stop are resisting forgetting this. They said, "Quote the officers swinging their clubs on any and all who were within reach." Um. There were uniformed police, but they did not take part. So it's just Johnny's squad. Let them go. You don't want to blow their cover. The, the, it's funny that the in this situation, the uniformed guys are like, whoa, whoa. What are we doing here? Yeah. Hey, wait a second. You know what I just realized? What's that? I didn't lock my door. Oh, shit. Let's go back. By the way, Gigant ain't looking too good. Let's move. <laughs> So, uh, as the attack continued inside the hall, the chairman of the strike committee yelled for Broderick to stop the beatings. He didn't. <laughs> we, we, don't, we don't negotiate Which is, with commies. That's not what we're here for. After the ACLU accused the squad of attacking for no reason, and Johnny said it was self-defense, and oh his, my God. his bosses completely agreed. Oh, my self To a meeting that you showed up to, initiated the fight, mm-hmm. beat... At least one person, probably within inches of their life, yeah. uh, <laughs> they started it. That's right. What part of this was them starting? They uh, had a meeting. They had eyeballs and mouths. They were a commying. Um, Johnny was accused by first strikers of taking money from owners, but the cops said there was nothing to it. The New York Times wrote it was very common for cops to take money from both sides in a strike. There were accusations the squad offered to protect strikers from beatings by mobsters and company goons and to look the other way when union guys beat up scabs, all for a price. But the squad was always cleared. But were the unions doing... Were they, I mean, were they playing both sides? The squad, the squad, yeah, I'm yeah. saying the squad is... So the squad is, was getting money from unions to be like, hey, don't fuck with us. Yeah. Uh, but then they were also getting money... From the yeah, he's taking money from both sides, right? One hundred percent, and just and just out of principle, beating the union. Well, it depends what situation you're in. Like some union, like he probably took money to go beat up this union, right? That's what I mean. But then in other cases, that union's fine, and he's pushing back against the union goons, the the bosses' goons, right? Right? Okay. So it just depends on right. Yeah. What? What? Who pays? Who's the bidder? uh, Johnny. Oh, yeah, squad was always cleared. Um, so this is a time when brutality or criminals are, like, seen as, like, they can do whatever they want. We can't stop them. Like, they're just out of control. Okay. Um, so in November 1926, the Industrial Squad is merged with the Gangster Squad as organized crime is getting more and more into labor stuff. So now we need to conflate our two squads to come up with, like, the best squad. Best. So Johnny's put in charge. Oh, boy. He was purposely chosen because it was brutality. Because um, the people just see criminals as openly committing crimes, no punishment. So the public fucking loves the idea of this super brutal cop just doling out street justice. Yeah. It, it, it really is. I mean, there is that. there's just that level of complicity where it's like if you... You know, I mean, that yeah. you're the you're the stopgap. Yeah, but you're like beat him, Johnny. How else are we going to stop it if it's not Johnny out there kicking yeah, the heads Johnny in? Johnny beat him action figure. As his attacks on mobsters increased, papers drooled over his brutality and wrote wrote excitedly about the violence he was handing out. He became known for hitting criminals in the street, 
with a rolled up newspaper in broad daylight in front of witnesses. Just attacking a mobster, hitting him in the face with a rolled up paper. I mean, okay. But inside was an iron bar. And he would beat them unconscious, and then in court he'd say he just gave them a whack with a newspaper. And all the witnesses would be like, yeah, he had a newspaper, and he hit the guy. Look, okay. (laughs) We are a simple, dumb species. But I, when I'm thinking, like, it is, in its simplicity, it is actually pretty genius. Yeah. Because... It's like, if you're watching it, you're like, wow, this guy's really beating the shit out of him with a newspaper. And then when the guys come out and they're like, beating, like, man, this guy can work a newspaper like nobody else, (laughs) but he's just beating them with iron. So it sort of seems not, I mean, it's it's either way, but it's just the difference between a paper and an iron club. It's pretty big. And you don't know about the iron club. Yeah. You know. But everybody. It's like having brass knuckles under your mitten. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I think the papers loved it. The papers started calling him the one-man riot squad. Mm. Other cops nicknamed, nicknamed him Cemetery Bait because of all the mobsters he was attacking. Cemetery Bait? Yeah, like he's, he's going to the cemetery, basically. Oh, cemetery. Okay, sorry. Right, right. Okay, Cemetery Bait. In November of... That's so cool, man. <laughs> In November of 1926, three prisoners tried to break out of the tombs. Somehow... Zombie prisoners? Yeah, there were... Did you not know about there were tombs? Yeah. So in New York City, there are ancient Egyptian tombs. Uh, The tombs are a famous old jail in New York called the tombs because they look like the tombs in Egypt. Okay. So... um, That's, That's pretty great. So these prisoners somehow get guns... Um, three guys, they kill a guard, they kill the warden, and then they break out into the yard, but that's as far as they can get. So they're in the yard. So that's where they're like, okay, now what? And it's like, there's a lot of fences here. <laughs> Shit, why didn't anyone tell? Okay, this is not great. Here's what we need to do. Uh, let uh, I, I'm not actually, yes, pitch, hurry. Hey, I got a ball. You want to play some ball? No, We're no, in the yard. No, no, listen, we got to get the fuck out of here. We are, okay, listen, okay, all right. Um, it better not be about recreational activities. Okay. Okie dokie. Uh, okay. Uh, vamp, vamp, vamp. Um, we can lift weights. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's the best pitch we've got so far. Yeah. Okay. So they, they start getting shot at by, I think all the guards, you know, are up above on the wall. Right. So they run and they somehow manage to get behind a big, there's a big pile of coal in the, pile y- of coal? in the yard. So it's a little bit like the last part of American Gladiators back <laughs> in the day where you just kind of had your little like bunkery spots where you could kind of like, all right. So they hide behind the pile of coal in the yard and they're trapped there. And Johnny... It's a very, very New York criminal moment. It really is. Uh, they're trapped behind a bunch of coal. <laughs> so Johnny hears about it and he goes up to the prison. Nobody knows how to handle coal more than Johnny. And when he got there, the guards are just shooting at the coal pile, and they can't hit anything. And he finally watches it, asks them to stop. And then he grabs a trash can lid, and he uses it as a shield. And he pulls his gun, which he does not like to do, but he pulls his gun. And then he walks into the yard and walks toward them at an angle. And He's Captain American. <laughs> 
And the prisoners shoot at him, but they're only hitting the shield. I, he's, I mean, this is some <clears> fucking... <throat> I mean, the idea of using a garbage can lid as a shield sounds like it's a little arch, but it's actually effective. Yeah. I mean, because what would be a great moment would be for the bullets to just go through it. Like, what does he think? It's like, well, that was just a lid to a garbage can. Like, that's how I would think it would play. Well, I think back then there was more solid metal. Oh, they made, you, they made, the way they made garbage cans back then. Yeah, you don't, I don't got to tell you. Hey, it's not your little Rubbermaid stuff that they're giving you today. So he's moving at an angle. So they're shooting at him. And he's shooting back, but they're so they're they're being moved around the side of the pile. How does he think it's going? I don't know. He's really the ang- He's really good at this geom- geometric part of this. He's really moving. He's still coming. And then when he was twenty feet away, he started yelling and charged while shooting. And the scared prisoners ran from behind the coal pile and were all just, gunned down. Yeah, wow. Guards. When I mean, he was, I, I mean, for the prisoners must have been rattled because on paper you're like. Hold our ground, hold, but they're like, I like our chances in the open field where the guards are shooting. Who the fuck is this guy? Yeah. Um, And uh, when it was done, Johnny walked to the closest shop and enjoyed a nice, cool Coca Cola because he did not like alcohol. Yeah. Cool. He was basically uh, also the bouncer of Madison Square Garden. (laughs) Jesus. I mean, so they had fight nights every week. Okay. And he was there for every fight he had night. He fight nights every day. Yeah. He protected the boxers and the purses they won. Okay. So that they won a bunch of money. I guess I they got it. it. I guess they got it right there and walked out with it. Well, it's such it does a sound dumb... like you need protection. Here's your, here's your cash. Thank you for $14,000. I mean, I'm it coming does, out. It does sound like a gangster's like wet dream. You know what I mean? <laughs> to just be like, all right, there's... $200,000 right here. Someone's going to walk away with it. Also, if you're the boxer, it's just like, all right, I'm in the parking lot. It's like, how you doing? How you doing? You can't box bullets. So, uh, so, yeah, so he's protecting those guys. He had a lot of fist fights on boxing nights at Madison Square Garden. He went after famous gangster Vinny Higgins one night, beating down both his bodyguards, then hitting Vinny so hard, he went flying through a telephone booth in the lobby. Come on. <clears throat> I mean, this is like the original Batman series. Would be like, Calm down. <laughs> Garbage can lids, and he's knocking guys through telephones? So now, like I said, he doesn't drink. Uh, he's a known family man. He has two daughters. Wow. He, he would go to St. Gabriel's in the Gas House District and sing Mother M- Matry in a tenor. And the church ladies would all swoon. His idea of a good time was to listen to his wife play the piano at home. What is going? It feels like it doesn't match. It, it's up. it's well because this is because it is a profession. Well, it's everybody's idea of the perfect cop, right? right. This extremely brutal. So they can say right. can they can say he's a, he's a good guy, right? Look, right. he's a family guy. He's right. a good guy, right? Um, as far as watching his. Wife played the piano. A fellow cop said, uh, while listening, quote, his expression is that of a spanked altar boy. I feel like you should know what a spanked altar, altar boy looks like. A lot of problems there. Uh, that, as well as I, one would imagine a spanked altar boy is not enjoying themselves. Right. The priest is. Or, or maybe the spanked altar boy, yeah, that's right. The, the spanked altar boy is not enjoying no, himself. No, well, the phrase should be, he looked as happy as a priest spanking an altar boy. Or fucking. David, we're trying to be like, you know what I mean? We don't need I'm to just go saying, all the way. We can sort of just... Catholic we can, yes, church. 
Of course, that is the insinuation. But we, you know, I don't think we have to go all the way. I mean, I feel like spanking, nice version. Tickle the balls? Nope. No, we're not. We're, we're going to, let's just, let's pull back. His good man side heightened his fame. He, he walked women home at night if they didn't feel safe and offered his, uh, uh, himself up. You want up. me to beat your husband up before we go inside, miss? <laughs> okay. Offered himself as a bodyguard to women who were victims of domestic abuse, and he often would go to their homes to teach their husbands a lesson. Well, again, I mean, a broken clock is right twice a day. <laughs> <laughs> On one occasion, papers reported a group of young men were harassing women, uh, and Johnny came and beat them all up. He picked up each one and threw them through store windows, so he could then arrest them for malicious destruction of property. They each got 30 days in jail. Why'd you break the window, son? <laughs> because I was completely tossed into it and through it. Well, you knocked over a bunch of paint cans, too. You're going to have to pay for that. But I, I was, got... You, well, unfortunately, you know how it works. No, I... You smashed a window. No, I got... You knocked... Hold, let me finish. Okay. You smashed a window. You knocked over some paint cans. You hit the storekeeper. He fell down. He broke his wrist. You're going to have to pay for his medical bills. No, I got thrown... Please. Now, what I'm asking is if we release you, will you understand that we're not going to allow anything like that again? You can't be acting in these violent ways. You can't just go out there jumping back first through store windows. I got thrown through the window. Son, that's not an excuse for the damage you did to public property. I got thrown through the window. Son. I'm sorry. That's better. You also really hurt Johnny's hands. Don't wait till he fucking hit me in the face. Well, his knuckles are pretty bruised. Don't go headbutting anybody's hands like that again. Do you understand? What the shit is your fucking what? You got a bad mouth. You fucking dumbass oh, judge, son of it. a bitch. That's Johnny. You Johnny. fucking motherfucker. Ow, ow. <laughs> Suing him for gavel breaking. Uh, he just... He just beat the crap out of whoever. I mean, he and his squad randomly beat two spectators at Madison Square Garden during during a bicycle race. Oh, God. Well, we've already covered that. I mean, the the people were like, please, this is the biggest night of the year. (laughs) The guy's on a 10 speed. They had broken jaws and internal injuries. The press just took Johnny's word that the men had been drinking and that that a fellow cop was the victim. That, so it's, been, that has never changed. I, I mean, again, the idea is like, you know, if you're put in a level of law enforcement or security, for that matter, the idea isn't that you're on the same playing field as the people that you're there to watch over. Right. The idea is that you're kind of like you're an elevated status. And so you need to do what you can to defuse situations. But it's not that you need to immediately stop everything. So if a guy's drinking and like harassing a cop, all right, I'm not even saying that happened. The cop needs to be like, these gentlemen are ruining other people's good time. I need to get them out of this situation and use my calmer judgment to do so. Not, hey, let's beat the fuck out of these guys who won't leave me alone. Yeah, but that's the fantasy, the reality. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, I mean, it's a total fantasy. And, but, like, yeah, but, but that's so what like a lot of people paper, believe. I know, and well, clearly, but on paper, yeah. like, that's what the idea is not. The idea is, like, if a cop shows up to your house, he's not supposed to, like, pull out his fucking yeah, gun that's the idea. and tell you, like, stop, stop doing The idea is that he's like, all right, there's someone with a knife. How am I going to use my skills and my mind in this gamesmanship to get that knife out of here without anyone getting hurt? Not like, hey, i got to kill the lady with a knife. Yeah, but the idea in Scientology is that you get rid of thetans in your body. Why why do you have to attack religion? (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, it def- it's just the what what we think cops are versus what they really yeah, are. Yeah, it's, it's just, just like, but it's like I, I think we've compl- like you never really had the plot as to what the role is. The role is cops like- were cops are and always have been. They began in two ways. In the South, they were slave catchers. In the North, they were to protect property. That's it. Well, it's, that's all they've ever been. I'll tell you, it's gone pretty well then. Yeah. Um. So. Uh, Johnny, like I said, he doesn't drink or smoke. He's a very good guy, so everybody fucking loves him. <laughs> it's just so it's funny so that dumb. <laughs> like I'm not saying you need to drink or smoke, but like to me, those are not like you know. It's like yeah, I know. I mean, so with, I mean, you know, it's like a little life. There's a little maybe empathy that comes from knowing what it's like to be inebriated. That's if not, you're in that but role. that's not what people want. They I want know. the fucking nice little perfect. I know. As far as Johnny Fists. As far as gangsters, he's at war with them. He was now being called Tough Johnny or Boffum Johnny. Boffum? Boffum. Okay. If a gangster threatened to hurt him, he would drive to the gangster's house and beat the shit out of him. I like the idea that you know where the gangsters live. Like, there is this kind of weird line. Of the, like, yeah, I mean, that was definitely a thing. Yeah. They all knew where, yeah, they knew everything about each other. Right. It's like, well, I know what he's, I know this guy, this booze runner lives over there, but... Anyway, I can't really do much about that. Just got to catch him in the act. Except beat the shit out of him when yeah, I want. Yeah, except beat the fuck out of him. Uh, one of the most glaring examples was mobster Legs Diamond. So Legs Diamond was a pretty big fucking gangster at the time. I love the name. And he was drinking with his crew one night, and he started talking shit about Johnny, saying he was going to, quote, take Broderick for a ride tonight. That's a crime. You can't say that. Nope. Not allowed to take a cop for a ride. You can't. No, hyperbole is not allowed. So they start driving around looking for Johnny. Okay, maybe not that hyperbolic. Now, other criminals hear about this, and they want to see, so they start tagging along. So he's driving around looking for Johnny, and a bunch of other criminals are following him. Like, it's a huge event. Right. What's going to happen when he finds Johnny? Yeah. Um, they want to see the beatdown. And then Johnny hears about it. Okay. And so he starts driving around looking for Legs Diamond. All right, where, where, uh, <laughs> sorry, Legs, just to be clear, where, where are you right now? I am, uh, I'm at Broadway and Sixth. Oh, I'm at Houston and, uh, and, and First. I was just there. So what do you want to do? Do you want to stay there? I'll come to you. Okay, but if you're going to come to me, don't divert, because I was, I was getting, do you, you don't want me to come to you? It might be just a little you easy. Come, you come, We've you come to me. we passed each other a couple times. Yeah. Okay. I'll be there. Stay there. What are you wearing? Uh, just you wearing the diamond leg thing? Yeah, I'm wearing the diamond leg All thing. All right. Stay there. I'll yep. be there in about 15 minutes, okay? If okay. I'm longer, I'll call you back, okay? Okay. All right. All right. I'm right here. Okay. I'll see you soon, buddy. Should we go try to meet him? I'm still on the phone. Oh, and, sorry. And what I, I was... just heard is not great because the idea was that we were gonna, you were going to stay where... I was talking to my boys. I understand. I, and that's fine. I'm just trying to make sure I get to you. Right. So when you say you're going to go somewhere... I was trying to make it a little bit faster. Uh, again, that's what got us into this pickle. So, uh, and I don't want to be in another pickle. So, the idea will be you stay there. So, okay. So, that's it. Feet stay, planted. Houston and third? First. First. Houston and first. Stay right there, okay? Feet planted. Feet, feet planted. Feet planted. Feet are not moving. Okay. Well, yeah, I mean, again, it's just. Planted feet. Gonna, planted feet. Just stay there. Diamond. Just stay there. Okay. Just stay there. Okay. I just feel like. No, I know. Hey. 
Legs. <laughs> what? I, I'm talking to my about, boys. What were you about to say to him? I just feel like we should get there. We get there faster if we go meet you. But the, halfway. Understand the deal halfway. We, understand the deal that we listen. We just talked about this. Half. We just talked about. This. Okay. I'm going. But to how talk, am I going to miss you if I'm going down Houston? You're what going down Houston. What are you even talking about right now? If we're both going down Houston. I, you stay. Listen, legs. Le, stay the, the legs. St- keep them stationary. That's not my name. I understand. Stationary I, legs is not a guy that legs, I... Legs, legs, I cannot be coming to you while you're coming to me. Fast legs, diamonds, they call me. Legs. Moving legs, restless legs. I, I, I don't know go if legs. you're drunk. I don't know what's going on. Do not leave where you are. Otherwise, we are not going to be able to resolve this today. Does that make sense to you? It does. Okay. So I am going to come... To Houston and First. Yeah. And you are not going to leave that location. Okay. 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 I will, All right. I will, stay, I will see you later. Soon. Soon. I will, I will You'll see me right very here. soon because you're going to stay there. Right here. Hanging up. Oh, it's shit. It's not that, hung up. Is that First? Uh, it's not. Oh, no. I can hear things. You know what? Like, we're not. This isn't First. What the fuck? I see you. Hi. I see you. <laughs> hey, I'm running. Good Lord. <laughs> Oh, hey there, everybody. It's Gareth, you know, from this uh, this podcast. Uh, listen, I've got some stand-up shows. I'm inviting the Garmy, the Gareth Army, to join me for. I will be in Fort Collins, Colorado, August 18th and August 19th. I will be in Minneapolis, Minnesota, August 24th through August 26th at Acme. I will be going to the UK in September. Please join me. I will be in Glasgow, September 13th, London, September 15th, Dublin, September 17th, and September 19th, Manchester, Birmingham, September 20th, Bristol, September 22nd, and Cardiff, September 24th. And then in November, I'll be in Australia. November 10th, almost sold out, I think. I'll be in Melbourne, Australia. Then I will be in Northbridge, Australia on November 15th. Adelaide, November 16th. Canberra, November 17th. Brisbane, November 18th. And then I will be in uh, Sydney on November 24th. Go to GarethReynolds.com for tickets. Garmy, let's get at it after it. Let's see you there. Hey there, people listening to The Dollop. Uh, This is Gareth. Yes, the same guy. Uh, Listen, I have a new podcast called We're Here to Help that I'm doing with my friend Jake Johnson. It's basically a call and advice show where we don't say that we're professionals because we aren't, but we try to help people with problems that are important to them. You can listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts, and it is out right now. So go listen to We're Here to Help with Jake and Gareth. We're here to help with Gareth and Jake. I don't remember how we did it, but either way, fun half hour comes out Tuesday, August 22nd, and the episodes will be out every Tuesday and Friday. We're here to help. So, uh, so he's, they're driving out looking for each other and he finds him on the corner of 46th and Broadway. And Johnny walks up to him and says, quote, I understand you are looking to take me for a ride. And then diamonds, two bodyguards sprinted away. And I'm guessing there's a promotion in their future. <laughs> there uh, are still, remember, there's a crowd, there's not a crowd of criminals watching because the criminals are following Legs Diamond so around. It's strange. It's just, it is very Batman y. It really is. So Diamond now tries to pretend that he had not been hunting Johnny. Quote, what? No. Uh, listen, Johnny, you can't take a joke. That's what he said? Yeah. You can't. 
I was being sarcastic. It's my way. My humor is very dark like that. <laughs> Johnny punched him in the face, picked him up, and put him in a trash can head first. Wow. Every Man. criminal had... every All the criminals were there, so they all watched it. This was literally the moment Legs Diamond ended. The mayor of New York would later say, quote, Broderick as good as killed Diamond with that garbage can stunt. It finished him as a leader. I, I mean, this is really like Dick Tracy. <laughs> I mean, th- this is like, th- this is on a level of just, it's like, it, it shouldn't be that easy. No, it like, shouldn't. Like, the lore should not be that like he put him in a garbage can and it, it's not a video game. No, but everybody watching is like this guy's shit. He's fucking weak. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. I get it. I get it. It's just like one would imagine there would be some level of um you know like I mean he's just it's so bind it's just like and now he's dead. <laughs> so his career diamonds Criminal career goes into a tailspin. Other mobsters constantly... I need try- to reinvent myself. They constantly start trying to kill him. He ends up in a hospital a few times after being shot. In 1931, while Legs is in the hospital, cops raid his home and find evidence of bootlegging, and he gets four years. Legs was bootlegging? <laughs> but he's out on appeal, and someone shot him in the head. Wow. It's believed the Democratic Party chairman put out the contract, and cops did the deed. Well, at least it was all above board. (laughs) Now, Johnny didn't always get the best of criminals. One night, a guy called Johnny and said, quote, you think you're tough, Broderick? Well, I can lick you. And Johnny rushed over and found 15 guys waiting for him. Okay. By the time other cops arrived, Johnny was close to unconscious, but he was still swinging, swinging, the press said. I think the press. Yeah, the press that. made that. He wasn't. Swinging. And by the way, not amazing. I mean, that just by swinging, you could just be doing this. Uh, but it's also like if you walked in and a guy was like, you know, beaten, you're just like, uh, uh, it's <laughs> yeah, like the- heroic. You're like, well, this guy's got his <laughs> bell rung. In 1928, Johnny was no longer in charge of the industrial and gangster squad. An explanation was not given, and he started after this being. You really took the nice chair for today, didn't you? Yeah, I did. I just realized. Did you write the script? I, I mean, I wrote. I I helped write the great "Where Are They" part. <laughs> Will they meet up? Part. All right, sorry, what? So he's no longer in charge, and we don't know why. Um, he starts being given worse and worse assignments. He's still famous, though. He's still the same cop. Now, this guy Francis Crowley hated cops. He's young. They had killed his brother when he was twelve. What uh, do you think made him not like cops? I don't know. I so do not know. unfair to just go in with a bias for no reason. Right? Yeah. It's disgusting. Um, he, so Francis soon has a very long criminal record. And in 1931, he and two buddies crashed a dance at the American Legion in the Bronx. Okay. So they just went in? Uh, yeah. Okay. And some legionnaires tried to bounce them, and Francis ends up shooting two. And then he goes into hiding. That doesn't seem like a great plan for the night. Got to do what you got to do. Okay. I, mean, I want to dance. I mean, <laughs> why, why were they so mad that we went to the dance that was just for them? <laughs> what a bunch of assholes. So, uh, so now they're looking for him. He exchanged gunfire with a cop on the street one day, but escaped. He robbed a bank and tried to rob a real estate broker, and that went bad. Give me all your commission. He shot her five times oh. with two guns. And then he got the nickname Two Guns Crowley. 
I mean, <laughs> not very, I mean, honestly. <laughs> it's like uh, I guess we just added nicknames. Yeah, I mean, I, it's just so str- it's it's kind of cute, you know. It's it is Dick Tracy. You know, it's like what's this guy's name? He's flat top. He's got a flat top. He's little head. He's got a tiny head. <laughs> so Crowley and his friend <coughs> Rudolph Fats Derringer. Yeah, he's fat. <laughs> So you got two guns, because he used two guns, and then we got this fat guy, who we call Fats. Uh, He killed a woman. He's Rudolph Twitch. He's got a Twitch. Fats killed a woman who spurned his advances, and now the cops are really, they really want these guys. Okay. So Crowley was spotted, I should say two guns. Two guns was spotted driving a car. uh, Oh, that's got to be hard with his two guns. He's like, whoa. He Wish knew I had to, a third arm. He knew how to do it. Okay. Uh, he'd, been, he'd been living all his life with guns in his hands. <laughs> okay, sure. Uh, and a high-speed car chase and gun battle occurred. He gets away again. A few days later, he's in his car with his girlfriend petting. Right? So they're, they're doing... Um, and a cop walked up, not knowing who he was, and he shot the cop. Okay. Uh, there's so, no stroking allowed on this street, sir. Uh, unless you're going to make a orgasm. Uh, may I watch? <laughs> may I? Legally speaking, I demand a watch. So he, that cop dies. And the next day, cops learn two guns, Fats, and another guy are on the fifth floor of an apartment on 91st Street. Okay. So 300 cops around the building. Now, are they going to bring numbers? Bring numbers? Yeah. Are there going to be any cops showing up? Uh, not a lot. Okay. 15,000 people gather to watch. Again, very strange. (laughs) If you're the four people inside, you're like, I don't love the situation. We're surrounded by an audience. A gun battle breaks out, and then Johnny arrives. And he saunters... Give me that garbage can. He saunters across the street and goes up and knocks on the door and tells Two Guns to give up. Two Guns, quote... You know me good enough, Johnny. You know the only way I'll come out of here is shooting. And Johnny said, I'm giving you two hours to cool off. And if you're not up by then, he's going to come in and get him. Hmm. So two hours later, after cops had shot an estimated 700 rounds, they knocked down the back door. Crowley had been shot four times, but still pointed his gun at Johnny, who walked in and said, quote, drop that gun, you runt, and keep your hands in the air, and then hit Crowley in the face. At least that's what the story says. But when I looked into it, that's not the reality of the situation. The papers at the time said Johnny couldn't get through the door. The Daily News, quote, Johnny Broderick, the strong arm man of the police force, had tried to crash the door. He staggered from the building and collapsed on the street, and an ambulance surgeon revived him. But it wouldn't take long for Johnny's not real heroics to be believed. So, so he, so the the pitch of the paper was that he knocked that in the back door, came in, Crowley's. No, there. that's not the paper. the The pitch. Oh, that's the, the, the paper says that he the went to the door, got tried yeah. to get in, couldn't get in, staggered on the street and had to be dragged away. Right. The then bl- later, the story the changes. The lore is that he, he went, went in. in. He knocked the guy out with the gun. Yeah. He told him to put his hands up as he's dying. And the yeah. guy's like, yeah, okay. But in reality, Johnny lost to a door. <laughs> That's right. Okay. 
so so that I most of the stuff I could find, most of the stories you could find in the papers, but um, this one was definitely like as soon as I looked it up, I was like, no, it says right here, that's not hey, what happened. Well, you, Lenny Dorr really knocked him down. Because when I went to look for it, you could read descriptions. There's actually pictures of the whole, like it's crazy. Like the floor blew up and like it's fucking nuts. But um, I started, I was just like, so where's the part of the story? I keep reading different articles. Where's the part where he punched him in the face? And yeah. it just never fucking happened. No, we didn't get there. Yeah. They don't make doors like they used to. That's the thing. Uh, so Johnny and, uh, the others, so now he has a partner who's also, they partner him up with the other big tough guy. So it's like a super cop team. That doesn't work for the TV stuff. You need a rookie, <laughs> you need the pacifist. Or a lady. Yeah, yeah, a lady cop, yeah. Uh, so the, uh, Johnny Cordes. And so they were actually sent to Chicago. They're both named Johnny? Yeah, this they're both two Johnnies. I mean, I'm sure that's part of the reason they teamed him up. Right. It'll be easy. You're the Johnny Cops. Here come the Johnnies. Um, so they were sent to the Chicago's World, the Chicago World's Fair. Uh-oh. Chicago asked departments all over the country to send their best. Quote, Johnny, because of his two-fisted willingness to fight at the drop of a hat, is called New York's most feared copper. That's not a good... It isn't. It's a terrible... Why would you yes. send that to the World's again, Fair? It's like you're there to like protect and serve. <laughs> That's the pitch. Um, in 1933, the Industrial Squad was disbanded. Mm. We're doing solo stuff. FDR was pushed, uh, pushing to get corruption out of New York City. And in 1934, LaGuardia became mayor on an anti-corruption. I'm just here to get an airport. He campaigned on doing something about the Industrial Squad, who he called extortionists. Quote, this agency has done more to create disorder than anything else. Okay. Nice. The squad was heavily tied to Tammany Hall, and now they're on the outs. Also, Johnny is beating up tons of people. and Not great. Columnist Westbrook Pegler wrote that he was, quote, excessively tough at times, and there were occasions when, pining for action, he bounced around people who were in not particular need of, Stop bounce, resisting. of bouncing around. Stop resisting. <laughs> well, I'm just chewing gum. I'm just a guy here. Stop the- resisting. Pegler said there were a lot of well-known racket guys, quote, who were walking right past Detective Broderick on the street and in the lobby of the garden, whom he did not find any occasion to bounce around. Keep resisting. And he noted that was strange. It does seem weird. It's weird. Good, Odd judgment. Good time to point out Johnny dressed in very fancy suits and monogrammed silk shirts. Oh, good Lord. $1,000 suits. He what? drove a Cadillac... And had a luxurious apartment in Queens, which he pulled off, making the equivalent of $70,000 today. Weird. It's, I mean, it's, it's, it's like the Goodfellas thing. It's yeah. Like, you just don't spend it. Right? Yeah, you don't want to be yeah. that brash. Or but he like a part of his... Well, it's probably a slow... It's like probably slowly got sure. there, too. And, and then when you're 10 years later, you're like, excuse me, why are you dressing <laughs> like Richie Rich as a cop? Why is your lifestyle like this? And he's he's famous, so so he's dressing the part. He's hanging out with celebrities, right? right? Like, right. Um, he said he would wear spats and carry a cane if he thought a cop on his salary could get away with it. And for those who don't know what spats are, they're the male spanks. 
So it's just when uh, a guy wants to kind of cinch his form up, we wear spats. That's right. Johnny was now assigned to the, so now he's on the, you know, LaGuardia takes over. He's assigned to the district attorney's office. He was then, as the cops called it, quote, flopped. The new regime demoted him to patrolman and cut his pay by $1,000. He was transferred to Long Island City. A columnist wrote it was due to his strong ties to Tammany Hall. The Daily News said people were making bets over whether he would take the demotion or quit. But Johnny put on the uniform. Mm. It didn't last long. Five months later, Commissioner Orion met with Johnny and reinstated him as Detective Third I Grade. I thought it was going to go the other way. <laughs> I, thought he was gonna be like, I can't take this. There's no, there's no point in being a cop if you can't beat people. But instead, they're like, Johnny, I want to talk to you. It's just not working out. We need to put you back at the top. <laughs> uh, the commissioner told the press the demotion had been because of, quote, vague criticism regarding political connections. Uh, nothing really stuck. But he was actually a model cop. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, in many ways, he was the model cop. Yeah. Uh, he was put on the newly formed hotel squad. <laughs> what? The hotel squad? <laughs> Do you know what the hotel squad was? I want to think of what I think. Yeah, what do you is. think the hotel squad is? I mean, I guess I, I I would maybe I would guess it's something to do with organized crime, either oh. laundering through hotels or maybe just meeting at hotels. But I would guess I would guess some sort of organized crime laundering scheme. The Daily News said it was created to, quote, ferret out mobsters and must them up all over their luxurious suites. So mobsters are just in these their hotels, these hotels. I think they're staying in hotels. And so, they, it's, so they're just like... Get them out of the go hotels. Go to the hotels and beat the shit up. That's so yeah. straightforward. It's just like, <laughs> it is. It's just like such... It's, it is. It's like a video game where it's just like, there's mobsters staying in these rooms. Go beat the fuck out of them. Yeah. Then you pass. That's right. Okay. A movie was made starring Edward G. Robinson based on Johnny's life and specifically getting demoted and fighting his way back onto the force. Yeah, that's how it worked. It was called Bullets or Ballots. Bullets or Ballots. Now that year, a friend who owned a bar called Johnny and said Robinson was there and wanted to meet him. Please tell me Johnny beats him within an inch of his life. Johnny said, quote, Tell him I don't want to meet him. Tell him I ought to flatten him. Oh, wow. And the friend did not, a friend did not understand what was going on. And Johnny explained, quote, suppose I had let my kids go see that picture. And they had seen him playing the part of me, actually taking a drink and smoking a cigar. You understand how terrible the look is of a man drinking and smoking <laughs> when they cut many of the great beatings out of the story? If my kids see me drinking and smoking... What kind of an influence is that? In my blood-covered fists, when I'm pulling guys' teeth out, what does that say? They might think that I was inebriated when I murdered all those people with my hands. <laughs> I'm a father. Johnny is such a famous cop now that celebrities asked him to be their bodyguard when they came to New York. In 1936, FDR asked Johnny to lead his protection detail at the World Series. They, so, it's so 
Okay, are you about so, to make this point? Well, FDR had just been running yeah. on an anti-corruption thing. Right. But all that matters is this guy is famous. So at the end of the day, they just went, everybody fucking loves this guy, and we look bad for demoting him. Right. They put him back, and now FDR is palling around with him because everybody loves fucking Johnny. But again, I mean, that's the point that I was going to basically make, which is just like, you know, we'll, stick to your convictions. Yeah. Well, they don't. They never yeah. do. Uh, he was also asked to be security for the Queen of Romania and the King of Belgium. The New York Supreme Court freed a prisoner around this time uh, before his sentence was up because Johnny had, quote, beat him so badly that he would be a cripple for life. I think this man has more than expiated his crime. So that's the fucking judge is like, this guy has been punished. He was beaten so badly he did serve 20 years. Yeah. That's crazy. The man received no medical attention while in jail. He had broken knees, ribs, and a jaw. Oh, Johnny beat him while he was in jail. Beat him before and while. Oh, Jesus. Uh, And still they're like, he's a great cop. Yeah. Uh, There was no discipline. None. The press still loved him. He was now called Broadway Johnny. And as he walked his beat, he was dressed as a celebrity. He didn't always beat up criminals and mobsters. What does that mean he was dressed as a celebrity? He lo- he, the way he dresses, he dresses as fancy. He's, is he's, he, is he's he... keeping up with the modern day fashions. So he's not wearing like a cop outfit. Oh, fuck no. He is he plain is clothes. He's wearing these like fancy fucking suits, yes. monogrammed. Extremely $1,000 suits, extremely expensive. Uh, yeah, he's just cruising around like a. Fu- he looks like a celebrity. And he is a celebrity. He's a celebrity cop. So it's. He. he <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, know. it's just so it's, crazy. Yeah, it's not. I don't love the uh, conflation of these worlds. <sighs> he didn't always beat up criminal, criminals and mobsters. Some uh, got to do what they wanted. He, uh, he did demand criminals tip their hat to him and once went to the funeral of a member of the Hudson Dusters gang and spit in the dead guy's eye. Wow. I mean... I mean Again, broken clock. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's really nice of Johnny to come here and pay his last respects. I'll tell you, that guy's got a pretty bad rep, but it's nice. Did he just uh, fucking spit in that? Did he just literally spit in his face? Is that what just happened? What is he doing? Why is he? Is he trying to make himself throw up in that? Uh... Being the most famous cop, it was like he was bulletproof and no one was going to ask him questions about his income or suits or just blatant excessive force. Force beatings. Lawsuits due to his beatings were often thrown out as he was friends with the judges and juries absolutely loved him. He was, however, reaching a time when his type of cop was going out of style. In 1939, a former commie testified in front of the House Un-American Activities Committee and said Johnny had received around 50000 during the 1926 strike. Mm. But Johnny kept right on working, and nobody did anything about this accusation. In 1941, a story of him uh, in Collier's Magazine said, quote, his knuckles and fingers have been broken so many times that X-ray plates of his hands are on file at Bellevue to illustrate how properly set bones will heal. Now, that's obviously bullshit, but it just goes to show, like, what the fuck the press is doing. Yeah. Because it's just nonsense. Right. But They show x-rays to be like, that's how you set a bone. <laughs> how about you just show a non-broken hand? 
In the mid-40s, he was slowly being pushed out. In 1946, he was assigned to the mayor's office and then to the main office division. Then in 1947, he retired. The Franklin Herald reported, quote, the fabulous Johnny Broderick intends to take a rest before making any details on his I'm life under stories. I'm <laughs> Before what? He made any, make any deals on his life story. Okay. <laughs> he ran for office in 1949. And his opponent came out and said Johnny was forced out for being too close with mobsters. And the district attorney confirmed that was true. They said Johnny had been on a plane with a known criminal flying to Hot Springs, Arkansas. And then while he was there, he hung out the whole time with another mobster. Hmm. And that's why he was pushed out. Okay. He sold his life story to RKO Pictures for 75000 for a movie to be called Broadway's One Man Riot Squad, but the film was never made. Yeah, probably because the title was just terrible. <laughs> but he got the seventy-five k. His wife sued him in 1950 because it turns out he'd left her in 1940 and stopped sending alimony. So the judge ordered Johnny to give her $250 a month. He moved to his uh, a farm in Middletown and uh, just raised horses and dogs until he died on January 16th, 1896. 1896? Yeah. Wow. Wait. That can't be right. Yeah, because it started in 1891. Oh, I, I put the date of his fucking birth there accidentally. My Probably God. like... He died, he died the day he was born. I, did I mention he was... <laughs> No, I thought he was born in eighteen. Did I? He was. He, I put the. I literally put the day of his birth down for his death oh. date. Um, uh, so this was, all happened in one day. Yeah, can you fucking believe that? That's crazy. Can you fucking believe that shit? I. I to me, I felt like he was aging throughout, and this was like he no. was getting older. This was just. I mean, I, so he was a. I was picturing a grown man too. No, no, this he is was a baby. A, this is all a baby. I just. <laughs> I wish we could go back and do it again so I could actually Yeah, you could it. actually really Oh, he died he, Oh, he died on his birthday. That's what it was. He died on January 16th, 1966. Okay. And he was never able to enjoy a great meal from Freshly. Freshly. That's right. It's hard to find a good pre-cooked meal these days, you know, that isn't frozen or as like a not super tasteless or high processed or whatever. You know, quick food doesn't have to be Fast food. And Freshly offers quality meals without all the hard work. They're designed by nutritionists, cooked by chefs, delivered fresh. Other meal deliveries need to be prepped and cooked, but Freshly, bang, it's there. It's ready to be cooked in like three minutes, which we can all use sometimes because you come home, you got 19 dogs or whatever we got here, you got 42 kids, and there's just too much going on. You just need to have a fast meal. That's it. That's all you want. So take it doesn't have to be the only answer, right? Whether it's just for you or your family, Freshly gives you convenience, flavor, and nutrition. Like the other day, I had to get Finn home, and then I had to get him dressed, and then I had to get him to practice, and I had to eat. And so, bang, I'm at a chicken chipotle bowl with carb-smart, like, cauliflower rice. Oh, so good. I ate it with my face. Healthy ingredients really tasted good. So, look, Freshly is affordable and convenient. You get to skip the grocery store. You don't have the dirty dishes. Meals just come cooked and fresh every week. So stop stressing about dinner. And right now, Freshly is offering our listeners $125 off your first five orders when you go to Freshly.com slash dollop. That's $125 off at Freshly.com slash dollop. Um, uh, so uh, sources, uh, uh, New York Times, uh, Collier's, today I found out, 
uh, Daily News, Times Union, a bunch of Daily News, uh, a bunch of New York Times. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's pretty... It never stops. ...obvious what the commentary should be. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it's just like, you cannot... You know, it is. It's it, we are we are complicit and part of the problem when you are, you know, excited or into. It, they've just made a good. They've just made a good pitch at it all, seeming like it's for public safety. Yeah. And so, who doesn't want that? Who doesn't want to feel safe? And I think a lot of times it is. Again, it's just like. White people have a different relationship yeah. with cops. It's public safety than, for a very specific type of person. Than people of color, you yeah. know? When, when you actually really hear about and read about, like, the level of harassment that certain people of go color... Go talk to a through, fucking black person who lives in South Central. Or, or even, I mean, in New York. I mean, like, yeah. the, like you know, there's, like... I forget what the term is when you're when you're standing. Uh, it's a blocking blocking foot traffic or something. Like if you're standing mm-hmm. outside of your house, there are just all of these ways to kind of just interfere with your life. And once you're in the criminal system, then you're then, then you're, you're then you're in the blood. Then they then there's fees. There's yeah. pro, there's just stuff like that. And and, and poverty poverty is criminalized by doing those kind of laws. And, and, well, it's basically it's just like you. And there's no prosecution of the people who really are fucking ruining the country. Yeah, none. You know, and so, but but again, I think that for the most part, like, white people have a very different relationship with cops, and they, you know, like, this is a good example of where you just, the media is washing the hand of the law enforcement, which is just, you know, allowing the media to, to sensationalize yeah. and... Um, Hero, make him into a hero. Like. Yeah, and and really, again, the idea should be de-escalating yeah. and finding non-violent ways to stop scary situations, yeah. which is why when people talk about like changing the way that police actually happens, a lot of it is to do with mental health care, which, again, right. we got rid of because that was a way to cut... Uh, a nightmare, uh, you know, a big fee from our... Uh, yeah, we just transferred, and we ended up transferring all that money to law enforcement. And and then you also, when you when you f- uh, include that in the idea that you have these, you know, mega prisons, and that is also yeah. a way to keep money flowing into the, the top percentile, you know, it's just like, it, it, it all is just this fucking fake story of... You know, cops are are always heroes, and criminals are always bad guys. Right. And when you really start to actually look at it, you go, you know, you can cherry pick stories here and there of heroism, but for the most part, the whole thing just has nothing to do with that. Right. The whole thing just has to do with, you know, control, control, getting them in the system, and then you have control of it. And and again, that is all pretty much based. And then I'll shut the fuck up on free labor. Right. You know, so it's all just this fucking stupid system that is kind of just fake. But I like it. I am a big fan. <laughs> I am a big fan. <laughs> but yeah, and and I mean, like it's stories like that. I mean, that you you probably melted the minds of a generation or two of people who were like, yeah, cops, great guys, cops, fucking heroes, and all that stuff. You know, we were talking about it the other night because I have a friend. Who, oh yeah. Without getting into specifics, but when you when you have 
access to a cop as a friend, yeah, the the cops are people. So you know, you were t- I don't know what if you want to even tell that story, but it's like when you know when you know a cop as a person, you, you think you, know, it, you think they're fine. It's a person, but it's also it's a person. And so the person is going to be like, hey, you want some confiscated drugs? Mm-hmm. Hey, you want to see, want to go shoot a gun where we, yeah. you know what I mean? It's like, it, it's a difficult position to put any human in because you're kind of being like, look, you're, you have an elevated responsibility. You know, you, there's, you need to have a really good metric to test the mentality of those people, which we simply don't have. Yeah. All right. We weren't recording. Oh, shit. Damn it.